Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. This is the London is Blue podcast. All things Chelsea. Keeping you up to date on the latest news from Stamford Bridge. Match recaps, previews, presented by WorldSoccerShop.com. It's the London is Blue podcast. Here's your hosts, Brandon, Dan, and Nick. All right, well, surprising to most of you Chelsea fans, we are back on this Halloween evening to recap the nightmare that happened in Rome today. Yikes, Dan. Talk about an absolute party pooper of a performance today from Chelsea. Yeah, no, uh, no Halloween magic like uh, David S. Pumpkins slash SNL experience there, Nick. But it, uh, you know, we're showing up today, which is a, a positive. Yeah, can't say the same about the squad. Um, you know, wish it was, wish it was a reversed kind of thing, um, because you know we don't we don't matter as much. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, not not good, uh, and you know, unfortunate end to a uh, three game. Uh, winning streak. I think here's the thing. I didn't realize that the most popular costume this year was going to be that of a, uh, a Chelsea player. Um, you know, very interesting choice. Um, you know, probably due to the fact that we did so well last season. People are excited. Hey, you know what? I'm going to go as a Chelsea player. Uh, interesting though, they got onto the pitch in Rome, which is quite quite surprising and uh, really needs some investigation. Do you think that because they're in Italy, that they're impostas? Oh no! <laughs> wow! Like as far as cringeworthy goes, oh, impostas! Come on! Yeah, you, 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 That's everyone so likes some grade A Halloween candy for that, Nick. 
Uh, it's pasta, guys. That's why it's hilarious. So. Uh huh. All right. Well, it looks like we didn't have any iTunes reviews this week, uh, but we are inching closer to 200 total in the U.S. iTunes store. So please help us break so over that 200 threshold. Uh, some some tweets to kick us off, right? At Jason Gasworth saying, if y'all can put an explanation to the match, you're better than I am. Another debacle in Italy at Huey98758 says, good luck sorting this game out is my question. Why? Axel Oz 15, why should you show up if our blues couldn't do the same and rounding it up at drc263305 says wtf was that i mean we're just gonna take our best shot at it nick and see what happens realistically because uh it was it was like nothing went right essentially yeah it's it's uh it's pretty poor uh we're gonna put on our best uh analyst hat but even then yeah who knows well, let's go ahead and kick this off with a little bit of good news before we jump right into the match review. Uh, Dan, we pulled some strings and we actually extended the London trip deadline day from tomorrow, November 1st, until when? Yeah, so we're actually going to have until this Friday. So this Friday, which is the 3rd of November, we're going to have until then to let people sign up for the trip. We talk to our friends at XL Tours. There's a couple people that we've been chatting back and forth with about securing some flights or getting that you know precious time off work right before the holiday season. And we want to make sure everybody had a good window to get in and join us, join us for some fun times, especially Nick, after we announced that we're doing a little bit of a cross pod with the Chelsea fan cast after the Newcastle match. Right. All the incentive is there for you to come and join us. So uh, realistically, guys, if you have any questions whatsoever, uh, we are we are more than happy to answer them. We're more than happy to get you in touch with the XL uh, reps. And they're super easy to work with um, as far as like payment goes or if you need a, a room by yourself or whatever you need. So uh, just hit us up on social media or email. Brandon, that email is contact at london is website is london is forward slash london trip i think we got it covered i think we should go ahead and just dive on into the shit show that was the as roma match review obviously we we're playing champions league midweek at the stadio olimpico uh and it was on halloween this october 31st uh score the chelsea imposters th- zero and the best roma team of all season uh three and no i'm not bitter so so why ask at all dan line up yeah um so uh you know brandon was between the sticks and goal um you know myself <laughs> i was playing uh right center back uh, i did have the captain's armband on uh nick was also playing uh centrally to me uh, his locks were a little bit stronger than normal uh no actually so it's uh thibaut courtois in the middle of the sticks we had rudiger we had alonzo we had fabregas maranza hazard pedro Bakayoko, Cahill, Aspilicueta, and David Luiz rounding out our on-field starters with Andres Christensen, Bench, did not make an appearance, uh, Mishi, William, Zappacosta, Kennedy, Drinkwater, and Willie C rounded out our lineup, which Nick, I, I think the roundabout whack-a-mole, who's going to be in our starting back line, which we talked about at the weekend, uh, kind of continued in this match and really set us up for some uh, some scary moments yeah so the the oddity of this match is that uh antonio conte switched up our back line again cahill back in dave to right wing back 
Cahill playing Dave's usual right center back position with Rudiger playing Cahill's usual left center back position. Louise in the middle. It was a clusterfuck. Um, it did not perform well. Uh, it gave up three goals and and generally just uh, looked terrible. Um, you know, if you're Andreas Christensen right now and you looked out on the field of you know what our defense was doing today, you, the question you're asking yourself is why the fuck am I not out there? Because I'm I'm better than whatever that is. Um, so mini rant to start the pod, but that that was essentially what happened tonight, boys and girls. Well, as well timed and well placed as always, uh, you know, rounding off the goals. First minute, not even a full minute in, El Sharawi scores what is now the fastest goal scored in Champions League history. Bullshit. Two center backs step to Jekko <laughs> and just let Sharawi come in the backside unmarked. And to be fair, it was a hell of a hit, Dan. I mean, outside of the foot, he was kind of reaching for it, so he couldn't have put it over absolute blast but he had too much time and space yeah uh, marcus alonso really should have closed him down uh, really really lazy performance in allowing that to happen but the the odd thing was this came on a counter of an opportunity at goal at the other end for us seconds before and and that was the weirdest kind of transition of play and i think told you everything you needed to know about what this match was going to look like as we uh, looked at uh El Shawaway's second goal. Well, 36 minute. He, um, you know, just, I don't know why Rudiger just let this ball go past him. He's at the middle of the field, top of the box. He's somehow is the sweeper and just lets it go right by him, Nick, and completely leaves Aspilicueta on the wrong side of Shawaway at this point. Uh, also weird to point out that Alonzo and Aspie had actually switched sides. Alonzo was stepped up the field on the right. They eventually switched back. But again, Nick, as you talk about the clusterfuck that was our defense, uh, this really symbolizes, I feel like, that cluster. Yeah, you, you needed a little, like, except, you know, in, in a terrible off-key. You're talking about, like, some Benny Hill music, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you watch the replay of this, it's almost as if uh, you know, it was the Three Stooges. Uh, they tripped over each other. They were punching each other in the face. And all the while, uh, Roma's scoring their second goal in, in incredibly easy fashion. Um, you know, I think even to jump back a little bit to what, to what Dan was saying, even after the first goal, Chelsea had three really good opportunities to uh, get the equalizer, you know. And this was not even Morata's sitter. It was Hazard not being able to get the ball out from under his feet. Pedro had another decent run. And then Morata just couldn't figure out how to control the ball tonight for whatever reason. Um, and so at 2 nothing, you're feeling pretty bad about it, Brandon. But it got worse. Yeah, unfortunately, 63rd minute Perotti just rounds it out, found a lot of space. He just cut in from the flank. No one stepped to him. He dribbled into the top of the box and let rip. I mean, he still had a lot to do with his shot to beat Courtois, but he's about 25 yards out. He did the business. Unfortunately for me, just looking at everything, uh, we actually gave up a worse chance earlier where all three center backs, except to Dzeko, he passed it, and Perotti, for whatever reason, just skied it over. I mean, it was literally him and Courtois in 20-yard space, and um, that was just kind of the theme of the day. Absolutely no chemistry between those three center backs, and that's exactly where I want to start tonight as we dive into this, this disaster was the defending. Uh, I mean, I just called it shambolic. 
Conte started with Cahill on the right and Rudiger on the left, like you'd said, Nick. Aspie would push up to the wing back, and holy hell did that crash and burn. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, and for as for as much, you know, and, and just we'll talk about it later, utter nonsense that you see directed at Antonio Conte pretty much this entire season. Uh, he, I think the, the selection choice was a little weird, but the play on the field is what counts. And none of those players were ready to do a job tonight. None of them. I mean, they, they looked confused. They looked tired. They looked like they didn't want to be there in the second half. And, and it's just un, unfucking acceptable. I mean, that, that is unacceptable. I think when we think of the Chelsea greats, you know, and, and, you know, the teams of old, you know, even, you know, the team that won the fucking Champions League, they showed character. They showed heart when the, when the chips were down. Like, they would find a way down 2 0 at Barcelona to come back into the match. Like, I, I can't, you know, I can forgive a bad performance, I can't forgive a lack of effort. Uh, and I think that the whole back line uh, just absolutely looked horrible. Dan, I, I don't know. Any way else to put it? No. And uh, if you can't tell, we've uh, earned our explicit rating uh, three times over now. So uh, congratulations, boys. Yeah, but uh, we, we don't have we... to like put an E every time we cuss. You know, it's just the one <laughs> time and then it's like done. You know, you rip the band yeah, off. Yeah, it's there. It's, it's befuddling. And... I think you know the challenge is that we yeah you know, we start moving the pieces on the puzzle right like we we talked with Chidge on Sunday from the Chelsea fan cast when we were recapping the Bournemouth match and we talked about Luis and Rudiger and Azpilicueta being kind of our best back three and you know you can kind of debate Christensen and Louise there too but the moment then you start taking out. Azpilicueta to then go into wing back because Victor Moses is out injured and Zappacosta apparently is not trusted in these you know larger appearances, uh, and then you start flipping you know Rudiger because you want him and his pace to kind of counter uh, El Shawe, you know, or Shawe. You know you 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 then start mixing too many things up and you know maybe this thing where Rudiger is like watching the ball go by is it maybe it's unnatural for him kind of you know positionally to go from left to right versus uh, from right to left as it were when he's kind of working on the pitch so I think tactically it was a bit of a bungle the performances from the players from the pitch were you know just a mess and then you know we're not really set up to kind of contribute in the right way because we're then started to play people out of different positions and you think they would have trained for this Brandon like I, I just I don't know how you put in that performance and, you know, credit to at least Thibaut Courtois for coming out and saying that it was bad and taking it on the chin, but how you feel anything other than a, a deep seated sense that you, you screwed up. Well, Conte said it was bad too. I mean, are you, the fact that, that Perotti, Sharawi and Jekko outplayed our five person back line, even four, if one of the wing backs is up, like is beyond me. Like we were bullied. Our back line was absolutely taken to task today, and we were pulled all over the field and had zero shape or discipline. And I know that you don't have a lot of cover because Bakayoko and Fabregas aren't the greatest, you know, midfielding pairing ever in the world. But the fact that we have two center backs chasing the same guy, eventually three center backs chasing one guy, uh, that puts so much pressure on our wing backs to do they're not able to get forward and help pin them back so to me i thought the 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 biggest loss for us uh was the fact that they had three in the midfield we only had two 
And then we couldn't even help our midfielders go. So we lost the midfield from the beginning and then we lost the back line. Like our wing backs weren't able to get up to help those two guys in the middle at all because the slip and slide was going on in our back third and we didn't know how to stand up and, and, and handle it. What is a little bit interesting, Nick, is that Nisar wrote in his match recap, so Kennedy is Alonzo's deputy, uh, but it's clear Conte doesn't trust him. We know that. Zappacosta, like Dan said, is only used by Conte against smaller sides. Therefore, Conte, his biggest problem is that he only trusts a handful of experienced players and they're running out of energy. And I think that we're really seeing that. These guys, we all play FIFA, right? Like their fitness level's around 30%. I mean, you really aren't even getting a match out of those guys at that point when you're playing. You need to get some fitness cards, boost them up or something because the guys that Conte wants to rely on, Nick, are not able to do the job. We've given up 20 goals in 17 games across all competitions this year. Last season, when we won the league, we only give up 33 goals in the entire Premier League season. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it is clear, you know. We, we and I and I feel like we're even guilty of this, to be honest with you. You know, it, we we laud our selection choices when things are going right, and then uh, you know. Two days after, you know, we say that we look solid, and and I re- remember Dan even saying we might have too many options that you know these players aren't getting enough games. You know, we we go out and put a performance in like that. I mean, I I don't I think it's it's impossible for Antonio Conte right now. You know, it, it, the players he's choosing are one either not physically fit enough to do the three matches in nine days kind of routine. Or when they are chosen and on on a lot of rest, um, they aren't they aren't doing the job. Uh, like at thirty three goals, all, you know. I mean, we're already at twenty of thirty three. You know, that's not how you win cup competitions or or, or the league. You know, that's how you get eighth. Uh, you know, or, or or crash out in the group stage. Dan, like I. I can't believe how, you know, for an experienced back line with pretty much all the same parts, you know, you know, obviously Victor Moses injured. I can't imagine how they're this bad right now. Yeah. And yeah, I think the thing that I would say, you know, kind of moving off this is that, you know, the, the team has an opportunity to rebound on the weekend against Manchester United and make a statement return and, you know, if we're going to ask for anything from, you know, the players as, as fans and supporters, it's that, you know, they would go out on, you know, Sunday and really show everyone that they're, they're up to contribute and compete. And like Courtois said, you know, it was a very bad day and an off performance from, you know, unfortunately everyone, you know, you could have a game where one player has a bad day and you could sub them out even two or, you know, three, but the moment you have eight or nine or 10 players who are not having a great day, uh, there's no way you're going to walk off the pitch with anything other than loss. Well, yeah, I, I get that as well. You know, I think it's kind of crazy how this works. So as poor as our defense was today, without a doubt, we've kicked, I feel like we've kicked them while they're down enough. So we're going to move on. 
if Chelsea would have scored one of our opening three chances in God. the first 10 minutes or so, I think this would have been a completely different match, Dan. We had some fantastic opportunities to start this match. I mean, Pedro one-on-one in the first 15, 20 seconds, he could be the record holder for fastest Champions League goals scored. Uh, but instead, they're not. And Roma were the first ones to capitalize. And that's how these matches go sometimes. You don't take your chances. You lose out. And we had five shots on goal versus Roma six. So it's not like we didn't create chances. But as you look at our shots, they were weak and lacked any kind of bite to them. Yeah, they didn't make it difficult for the keeper. Yeah, you know, he he had a pretty easy day at the office compared uh, compared to Courtois, who was seeing you know some kind of worldy attempts fly by him. I just Pedro's shot didn't have power. And Hazard's was a little little too direct. Hazard uh, waited Marata's, too long. He took two touches too many and got agreed. caught. Yeah, and then uh, Morata kind of skied one, tried to go too clean, and she just kind of scuffed it in. Just toe and poke. I know I. I know, Nick, it was probably pissing you off, too. Yeah, I mean, I think this is another match. You know, we, we talked a little bit about Diego on Sunday for the first time in forever, and I think this is another match that if you have Diego, someone who, look, I, I don't think he's the best finisher in the world, like, but someone who could bully opposing center backs and maybe provide a little bit more um, of a distraction for Hazard and and Pedro, that you know, we might score a couple in this game, even if even if Costa doesn't get them. Morata just has looked pretty bad uh, for the last couple of matches, and I think you know desperately needed to score the sitter against Bournemouth that he missed. You know, got unlucky against Bournemouth that the you know his cross shot was deflected, and then absolutely unequivocally has to score that goal today. He is a, a, an amazing striker with a boatload of talent. And he just he just doesn't look like he has it right now. And I don't know why. Like, if the injury's really, you know, in the back of his mind or if, you know, something in training hasn't gone right or, or he's not syncing up right with Hazard. But, man, like, I, I, could, I honestly am confident I could say this. If that ball is right there and I'm in his position, I'm scoring that goal. Right, like it, all you have to do, Brandon, like you said, is toe poke it in the in the back of the net. That's it. And I'm confident I can toe poke. I'm not confident I can do anything else that that guy can do, but I can throw a foot at it and see what happens. Like I, I don't know. I, it's befuddling to me because you look at the first, you know, even I don't know, guys, like the, the first 25, 30 minutes, we were pretty, we were pretty much on the front foot uh, in the attacking third. We had a couple of nice balls over the top, and it looked. Like, we're, we were definitely going to get one. It's just a matter of when. And, it, whew, yikes. Well, I think the 2 nothing scoring at halftime was harsh. I think you, you can say for sure the first goal, they just reacted quicker than we did. But the second goal was 100% preventable. Should have never even gotten to Shirawi. And so... I agree. Chelsea were on the front foot. We were pressing. We were creating opportunities in the first half. The 30, 35 minutes, it was going great. And then it, like said, we get, you know, we it, it fell apart. We just kind of like tailed off at that at that point. And I'm I'm not really sure kind of when exactly or why exactly it happened. But man, I was excited going into it because Roma's defense looked shaky at best. I mean, they totally just were opening the barn doors. We were getting in behind. I mean, it was simple, simple stuff. Hazard in over the top, Pedro right down the middle in the first half. 
Uh, Murata even getting some looks and things. I just, I just don't know exactly kind of where it went. But obviously, the offense in the second half completely, completely dried up, and we had nothing to hang our hat on. Um, you know, I would say it was even even before that. You know, the challenges that uh, you know Forenzi had on Hazard, where he oh, was yeah. basically trying to get uh, intimate with his Achilles, and you know that that was the moment when it just seemed to magically shift in the game. Hazard was running a little bit more gingerly, was not making some of the you know up for it movements that we were kind of talking about wanting to see from him in this match and he looked ready to deliver and that seemed to be the uh to use a halloween vernacular uh, w- you know witching moment or bewitching moment that just really changed the entire game well that is when hazard's day ended right then unfortunately and i know it looked delayed and the referee didn't call anything but i mean he just stepped right down his achilles and so i guess kind of segueing off of this is that I am torn between the players struggling mightily out there and then Conte's tactics obviously putting Dave out wide it's a little uncomfortable for him he doesn't do that often um, and, and I thought that Chelsea started the match so well but again Hazard's injury is almost a turning point for the entire team it deflated a lot of people and from that point on Roma just grew in confidence uh, as the match progressed Nick Conte though had a pretty um, honest assessment <laughs> of the match, I believe. After the game, he uh, opened up in his f- native tongue. Right. So there, there was a, uh, a a really good article, and we got no history, kind of talking about the post-match press conference. And because they're in Rome, he got to answer a few questions in Italian, and you know his answers were a lot more uh, verbose. I would say he was. Uh, a lot more animated and, and could use um, some language that he, he's just not comfortable speaking English with yet. So the quote is, if I'm the coach, it's my team and I have to take responsibility in every situation. I thought it was a good first half and, you know, I don't like to talk about luck, but it was unfair for us to be down to uh, be down two nil at the break. The second half was ugly in every way. We must realize that we've got to earn our daily bread. We've got to chop up the turf. Uh, if we are to progress and fight for something, otherwise it's a waste of effort. Uh, and then speaking about the Carabag result, I honestly have zero interest in the Carabag result. <laughs> I want I want to know how we can improve, avoid second half performances like this, get the new players introduced, and rediscover the desire to amaze. Can we that that is some language that is some uh, passion. I think that he like unlike former managers we have what i love about this dude is he puts it on himself he is not going to sleep for three days now because his team played so bad and and he's going to feel as if he was outmanaged and probably out prepared by his counterpart uh for roma and when I, when you hear these quotes brandon i mean it's a guy who took that straight to the heart so what I think this shows to all the Conte out tweeters out there oh. is that Conte knows his shit, okay? When he has to speak in English, we just found out right now that he's handcuffed 
and his feet are tied together. He can't get anywhere close to expressing what's really in his mind. So for us, when we read his post-match press conferences, even you know the pre-match press conferences, we're only getting about 15% of what he has to say because he isn't a native English speaker. And I tell you what, he knew exactly everything to say uh, honestly critiques he said there was a little bit of unluckiness to the first half but then he talks about the reaction he expects out of his team and even talks about the fact that he needs his players to cover more ground and he needs to get his new guys acclimated dan as far as i'm concerned i have a hundred percent confidence in conte because he knows exactly what he wants to do now if it's going to happen or the players execute and all these other variables that goes into that we don't know but like legitimately felt way more confident after reading this Italian translation than I have probably all season. Yeah. And here's the thing. What what do you expect to happen when your options for midfield choice are between, you know, says Fabregas, Bakayoko, Danny Drinkwater and N'Golo Conte is injured. You know, that is, you know, putting us at a disadvantage. You know, when you have the option to choose between Alvaro Morata and Michi Batshuayi and you don't have the option to put a Diego Costa on the pitch, that's putting you at a disadvantage. When you have Hazard, who's still, you know, as much as he's saying he's at 100%, is still returning from injury, there's no perfect lineup right now that Conte gets to choose from. This isn't FIFA 18, and he's at a bad spot and are there things that he's done where he has mismanaged the lineup or potentially not sub people at the right times? Absolutely. But I I do think I look more at the players today as the reasons why we struggled to to take anything away from this match and less at him. Yeah. Okay. So rant, rant time for me. If you're a Conte out person, get bent. I'm sorry. Like, I, I can't I can't imagine a world in which you live and 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 I mean this sincerely, you know. At, of course, this performance was not great. Of course, there have been three or four other performances this year that have uh, really shocked us at you know how how poor the team has been. But the team just won the league. Going away was dominant all last year. Is now adjusting to a whole new world without some key components and some new components being. Uh, added in and you're a Conte out person for what reason? Like it makes zero sense. And and frankly, I, I put this on Twitter today and I'm, I'm glad I got a bunch of love, but get, get off of our Twitter timeline. It, you know, I, I think the modern football fan and, and, and we count ourselves in that group because, you know, we, we don't, you know, we don't have 30 years of, of match going experience to back this up. The modern football fan is too spoiled. You know, when when you get beat like this, you got to take it on the chin and get better. Get better. That's it. Uh, you don't have to cry about it. You don't have to sack your manager. You don't have to fire all the players. You don't have to do any of that. What you have to do is get back to work. Earn your daily bread. <laughs> I mean, amazing quote. Otherwise, it's a waste of effort. The, those are Antonio Conte's words. It's a waste of effort for those players to go out today and, and put in a lackluster performance. They just ran for no reason. They got nothing out of it, and now they're getting chastised in the press because they put in such a shit performance. I cannot imagine a world in which you know, you, you feed into this Conte out narrative to get what you want, and then what? And then what happens next? You know, We, we get a subpar caretaker manager 
and and basically call the season off. Uh, come on, guys. Like, we're better than that. And our listeners uh, and our Twitter feed is usually way better than that. Uh, I can't I can't deal with that guy. Sorry, I had to go I had to go on a quick rant there, but that 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 blows my mind. It's short-sighted. It's entitlement. The fact of the matter is it's not FIFA. You can't literally go out there and win every game. You can't score 7 goals every single game and it's unrealistic. Okay? Just Chidge even mentioned this in our podcast on Sunday. People criticizing the team. You don't go out and piss excellence every single morning in your daily (laughs) lives. And these players, unfortunately, as world-class, as amazing, at the top of the level as they are, wherever they rank amongst that scale, they also are fallible, unfortunately. And it happens, okay? Even the best teams this season are going to get waxed. Just, it's life. Now... My question to you two is that Chelsea still don't look like they've hit top gear. There's still more for them to give, which is frustrating, but also hopeful at the same time. With Manchester United coming up before the international break, which way do you think Chelsea are trending right now? Dan, do you think that we're, I think we're riding that line. It's a fine line. We're kind of teetering left and right. And I'm not sure if we're going to get an upturn and take off or if we're going to wobble and maybe hit the ground a little bit. So I, I think it's that moment in something like ER or, you know, other types of medical TV shows where the patient is essentially flatlined at the moment, but the paddles are there. Uh, in Angola Conte, in Hazard, and Rata finding his form, and Conte bringing this side together to just put them on the body and shock it back to beating in the right rhythm. And so I think there's a moment this weekend to make that happen before we go on this break. And, and please pray to the international break gods for no more injuries on break, especially for hamstrings. But uh, we're, we're there to return to form. And I think it's a... There's, there's a little bit of optimism and hope that needs to be there that you know this manager and some of these players can help bring this together I yeah I, I don't know um, I, I really don't know because you, you look at the three matches before this all wins you know not not necessarily our most comprehensive stuff by any means but all wins you know after a really tough two match period Um you know, I, I just think we get so caught up in the moment. It is such a long season. Yes, we have to play well on Sunday. Nobody wants to lose to Manchester United on Sunday. I, I think you have to you have to take this with a, a grain of salt, though, guys. Like, uh, you know, for me personally, I think we're gonna go out against United and get a draw. Okay, and if we get a draw against United, you know, that's not a terrible result. What we have to go do is we have to go beat the bottom three of the league like we did against Bournemouth and you know the rest of the bottom 10 to even have a shot at this thing. So yes, the top 6 matchups are great, but you know Manchester United used to win the league without winning the majority of their top 6 matchups. You know, they would they would go out and, and Chelsea would beat them on the regular when they were winning league titles and no one gave a shit that Chelsea beat them in the regular season. They just won the title. So I I don't know. Like to me it could go either way. I I hope that we come out with fight and the desire to amaze. Exactly. Well, as it stands, uh, if we would have won, we would have qualified with the likes of PSG and Bayern. We all know how it really ended. So Atletico also drew at home against Carabag, which makes Chelsea's path to the knockout round 
easier than it could or probably should be. So Carabag are at the bottom with two points. Very closely connected to them are Atletico Madrid on only three points from four matches in third place. Chelsea are now in second on seven points. Uh, and Roma are on eight points, and Roma and us are tied on goal difference. Again, we don't really know what the tiebreakers are at this point, uh, but I'm assuming the edge would go to Roma since we tied away and they won at home. So uh, again, there's four points in between Madrid and us. We will be there for the Madrid match. We have to go to Carabag. That should be three points in the bag. So again, it's it's looking much nicer than it can be. So uh, with that being said, I think we'll go ahead and end this big rant vent session and um we'll go ahead and kick it back up with social media questions here hey nick before we get started into social media questions i know we want to do one last shout here for our friends XO tours for extending that deadline to november 3rd this friday and uh you and i are both available to via dm uh, via facebook via twitter uh, email raven whatever communication form someone has to get in contact and ask us questions about the trip yeah, we are we are super pumped, um, and and a big shout out to our friends the the Rainier Blues. I think there are three of them coming on the trip um, from from the great state of Washington. So uh, they 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 made this stupid poster of Antonio Conte, um, and we're we're in there as. Uh, really kind of sexy angels, which is nice. Um, but yeah, we're, we're super pumped about this, guys. Uh, I cannot emphasize enough how much fun this is going to be. We know it's a, a chunk of change, so we certainly uh, are understanding of, of financial situations, and we will try our best to work with you. Um, but you get to see a Premier League and a Champions League match at home in the friendly confines of Stanford Bridge. Uh, it's going to be amazing, and all you have to do is uh is get in touch with us go to the website uh send us an email and we will be in touch asap all right so we're going to wrap this up with a quick little social media flash session here and brandon has dropped off to do some trick-or-treating but nick you and i are still here and the first thing we want to do is as we talk about the trip eric who joined us on our last trip over to london sending an email saying, I have to question Conte's lineup again. When will he learn Sesk isn't a defensive mid? Why Azpilicueta at wing back? Why can't Christensen get minutes when Luis appears to be injured? With the recent poor play, do you think it's because of the lack of depth rotation or have other teams figured out how to play the 3-4-3? I think teams have figured us out and Conte is not adjusting his tactics as well as players to put them in a place to succeed. And I'm just going to drop that big old bag of questions right Whoa. at your feet. Eric, my man, coming coming with a full a full barrel today. Um, yes, questioning the lineup is fine. Um, yes, Sesk is not a defensive midfielder. Although I would ask you, you know, short of a not quite fully match fit Danny Drinkwater, what his other option was. I don't know. Um, maybe Drinkwater is healthy enough, and maybe I'm just overlooking that, but. Uh, you know, I, I think that Drinkwater still needs to get acclimated to the squad, and, and probably in a way day at Rome. Roma is not the uh, the place to do that. Uh, Aspi at wingback has has rarely worked for us, and I think you're correct there. I already ran it about Christensen, um, and to your to your greater point, I think yes, the three four three has been figured out. However, I do think it provides us our best attacking fluidity when deployed properly. 
what we really missed today, Dan, is is a Angolo Conte and a Andreas Christensen, uh, you know, not making terrible, ridiculous mistakes. But holy hell, man, like, I don't know what else Conte could have done today. Yeah, I think it's a personnel. And I think that is the largest problem that comes to playing this 3-4-3 is when you have two men on the pitch at the same time in one body, as N'Golo Conte provides, you know, you have an additional flexibility to work through the midfield. And if you watch any match right now in the past couple of this season, Courtois will kick the ball out to either... Cahill or Aspilicueta on the sides, the ball will then be worked up the side. And rarely is the ball going through our midfield to find a way towards a goal. They're attempting to work it down the sides and across the ball in. And with the current deployment of offensive weapons and then also with the rotation in our defense, that, that formation of Courtois to either left or right distribution and sometimes long ball forward when he doesn't have anything else to go to isn't working. You know, it, it's really you know, hope and a prayer moment. And I think there's a lot of work still left to be done. And I know that we have another question from uh, our friend at Joey Monty 16, Nick, he's asking if we think we should be worried about Conte being able to pull off a top four finish for the team as it stands right now. I would not so vehemently um, defend Antonio Conte if I was not confident in his ability to guide us to the promised land. The dude is a winner. Uh, he will figure this out. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't love to, to chastise managers, um, because I feel like their job is almost, uh, impossible at times. You know, even, even Mourinho had this kind of, you know, superstar status, you know, until stuff went wrong. And, you know, it's, it's really tough to, to be a manager. So yes, I think he's going to be able to do it. Yes, we have to win the games that are very winnable and and get a couple of points off of top six opponents. No, it's not impossible. The end. Yeah, and I think outside of some fluky results like Burnley or Crystal Palace, you know, we would be I think a little bit more solid, you know, solid, solidified in our top four kind of quest right now. And we also had a question too from Mark, uh, who's at Koval one nine six five. And asking, where were the leaders in this game? Seems like we were up. We don't respond. No voice, no leaders. I would you know, ask to look at Courtois' post-match press conference snippets and you know, Matt Law and then Nizar Kinsella, who uh, you know, Nizar, friend of the show, really kind of complimented Courtois for coming out and, and taking it on the chin, Nick. And I think that you know, out of anyone, you, know, you would have expected Gary Cahill to be the first one out to say anything because he's done that before in matches where we haven't displayed our best. And it seemed nice to see that Courtois, who's often you know, had a foot and mouth syndrome, put out some nice words tonight. Yeah, it was great. I think you know that's that's what you want after a result like this. You know, we're all angry, and all we want is to understand what the hell is going through the you know the player or players' minds at that moment. You know, we we want some real human moments from them, and it was it was really nice for Courtois to do that. I'm a little bit embarrassed that Cahill didn't. You know, to be honest, you know, I think that as the captain of the team, how many times did we see John Terry go out heartbroken after a match, pissed off or Lampard or Drogba or Cole? I think I think uh, this team right now, uh, you know, might need a little bit of leadership. You know, they might need, you know, a senior voice to really just take over and say, this is this is my team. You know, if that's not Cahill, then we have a big problem. 
because he's the captain of the, of the squad. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, it, it certainly is a little worrying um, because even after the last match against Bournemouth, uh, Dave and Courtois and I believe maybe Fabregas were the only three to go clap the away fans. The rest just got off the pitch and, and went into the dressing room. And that's that's pretty bad. You know, this team was... Uh, you know, very solid last year, had great leadership, and, and you're not seeing it right now. I think it's a good point. Well, you know, you think about the one thing that is missing is number 26, and yep. that makes a really big difference uh, for, I think, the culture and the attitude. But to shift a little bit to maybe, you know, we, we've tricked a lot, now we'll go some treats. Uh, a couple funny questions here. One from Teddy Bear Huggum asking, is it an Italian thing to put your hands, Nick, up your teammate's butt when you celebrate? Uh, i i do not know about such customs um uh you know if so i don't want to celebrate with many italians um but uh but no i I think that was a very astute observation yeah uh, just just uh, go look at the uh the peruti goal celebration and uh you'll you'll see all you need to see uh it should not be marked as nsfw but uh you know depending upon what form you go to it may be and <laughs> to round it out uh phil tran who is another friend of ours uh had suggested crazy theory Conte hates Jose so much, he decided to sit back at Roma, hope for, for a draw, and spent the whole week training for Man U. Uh, Nick, I, I would be happy if if that had actually worked out to uh, Phil's plan there. Yep. <laughs> same, same here. Um, I, I, don't think, I don't think Conte hates anything as much as losing. Um, you know, I, think, I think it eats him alive, and... I would be surprised if he would have taken a Champions League match off, Dan. Yeah, I don't think that that fits with the mentality that he's expressed, the comments that he made after the match. Uh, I know Phil is poking fun, but I think we are very fortunate to have a manager who clearly cares about winning and winning at all costs. And that really aligns with what Chelsea is as a club. It is a club that values the aspect of winning uh, so much so that it is cutthroat when it comes to 10 years for managers and you know hopefully we are not anywhere near considering uh, any alternative to allowing Conte to run out this season and stockpile him appropriately in in January and the next summer so that we can really make something special happen here correct With that said, we're going to go out now, but thank you very much, and we will uh, see you on the other side. Recapture the desire to amaze. That, That is it. All right, Chelsea fans, well, you know the drill. United at home this Sunday. So until next time, keep the blue flag flying high. If you don't want the conversation to stop, make sure to follow the London is Blue podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to support the pod, you can leave a five-star review in iTunes or donate on Patreon.com. The London is Blue podcast, presented by WorldSoccerShop.com.